welcome to this week's episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Uh, I'm Warwick Jackson, your host, and today I'm really excited to be talking with an expert on a subject that really, I really think it's important for small business owners about protecting their assets. Now, uh, we've, we've got Nick Coffell from Aubrey Brown Lawyers uh, joining us today. Now, Nick's a commercial lawyer who's going to talk to us about the PPSR, just a, a way of protecting your assets uh, and, and, and helping yourself get paid. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Brilliant. Thanks, Warren. Um, small business owners are listening to this podcast and they're going to be going, what is the PPSR? Yeah. Um, so the PPSR stands for a Personal Property Securities Register. Um, it's essentially a risk management tool for business that helps um, businesses of every size get paid if it's in the business of lending money or you're a mum and dad lending money. Um, to a related entity, or you are in the um, selling goods, buying goods. Now, are there examples? Now, one, one of the ones that I always talk about, um, and I have on this podcast already, but are there examples where people, I guess, lending, you know, lending money to their own business to fund their business? How would it help them? So, it, in the, in that circumstance, it, it would help them in that they would make, um, they would use the PPSR to make a registration against their business that they're lending the money to. And that registration would essentially say, we've lent the business money, and if the business goes south, shut it down, or they have creditors circling, then they're in a good position to get paid before those other creditors. Right. So if, you know, and obviously no business ever plans on failing, but sure. you may as well take the step. So in this example you're talking about, they might have redrawn off the house $100,000 yep. or out of savings, lend it to their company, and maybe things don't go to plan. And after a year or two of trading or however long, there might be $300,000 of creditors mm-hmm. and maybe only $90,000 of assets. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't have the PPSR, then I guess everyone's, you, you can't just pay yourself first because that's a preferred payment and credit, the creditors don't like that or it's not allowed. Correct. Whereas they could at least be at the front of the queue and if there was $90,000 left, they would be able to recoup that 90000 and the, the other the other creditors would miss out altogether because they've taken these steps. Is that? Potentially, yeah, simplicity, you know, sim- that's generally how it would go. It depends on what sort of assets are left over and it's creditor fights are never easy. Um, I think that probably goes without saying, um, but you're certainly much better placed as a creditor with a secured interest on this on the PPSR uh, than you are without. Right, and so yeah, cheap insurance policy when we're talking about significant, extremely just- cheap, easy to do, and and, yep. and and well worth it. Great. Correct. So so that's that's an example, common example for small business owners that would. Yeah. typically take their own savings or, or draw down from their, their family home and, yep. and throw it in the business. But what about um, other examples of, say, business to business where you, there might be some purchases of assets or, or equipment or anything like that? How, how, how could they benefit? Um, so the other two sort of most key examples, if you are in the business where you are providing goods on terms of trade, so on credit, you're, you're saying, I'm a business owner, I'm giving um, 
this other business $100,000 worth of goods, but you don't have to pay me for those goods for 60 days, let's say, um, but they have possession of those goods. What happens if the people in possession of the goods go into liquidation or administration? The PPS register, if used properly, um, would see you have at least the ability to get those goods back that haven't been paid for. And so you're better placed to offset any losses. Right. So if you've got $100,000 worth of stock sitting in one of your customers' warehouses or shops yep. Yep. and they go under, yep. you can present your PPSR to the liquidator yep. and you're uh, at the, again, at the front of the queue to go and physically get your stock that you've never been paid for yep. and recoup it. And I, I guess that, that right remains in place until the customer had have paid you, in which case you're happy and you don't need... You don't need the stock need anymore. The, you don't Correct. Need, um, <laughs> which is obviously the preferred option, but doesn't always happen like that in business. No, no it's, not, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a perfect solution to, to, to trade problems, but yes, that is, that is essentially yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. And... So that's, you know, some stock. I, I think talking off air, you're talking about, um, uh, you know, example being some maybe air conditioning sales that might be sitting in the warehouse or something like that. Is there any other sort of businesses that consign, like consignment stock? Consignment, that- consignment stock. A good example of, of consignment is, is anyone that um, makes art, you know, jewellery that they might provide to a art gallery or a jeweller to sell on their behalf. And they say, I'm going to give you my artwork it's worth a thousand dollars. You hang it in your art gallery, and if you sell it, you can take ten percent of the price um, and give me nine hundred. And the art gallery says, "Yeah, that's fine. We'll do that." But what happens if the art gallery um, goes, goes under? Goes under. Yeah. Sure. And can you do and in those sorts of numbers? I guess technically it would work. Whether that was worth the hassle for an amount of only a thousand dollars, I guess that's up, up for discussion. If you had fifty different paintings. Yeah. Do you need 50 different PPSR registrations or can you do it as a lot? Not, not, not necessarily. Um, okay. there, there are some things and there are some types of goods that need to be described um, succinctly and in a certain way. Um, they're called like serial numbered goods, cars, boats, aircraft, that sort of stuff. Normally, however, um, a general registration saying, you know, any artworks provided to art gallery XYZ from time to time um, until they're paid for, uh, I retain ownership of them, and if the art gallery goes under, then I can walk back in and take them from the receiver or the liquidator. Right. Okay. And and I guess so. That's the important part because if businesses go under, I guess you, you present this to the liquidator or the administrator, yep. and you physically get access to the goods rather than being locked out. Yeah, correct. And, and as opposed to being a, a um, an unsecured creditor, um, it certainly doesn't help you in terms of you know money that may not have been paid um it's access it relates to goods and and personal property um in terms of recouping that yep okay now what about i've heard some stories about say subcontractors working on a job site Mm. and they might have some plant equipment and an excavator or something they've got that they're subbing to a a bigger operator Mm -hmm. um how how might this impact on how can how can the PPSR protect those sorts of businesses? Because um, they might think, well, we're not lending my, I'm not lending my equipment, I'm not lending or advancing loans, or I'm just I'm just going on a job site and working. Um, but what are some examples of how the, this actually should be brought to their attention? The if if you're parting with possession of, uh, to use your example, the um, the excavator or a big piece of machinery then that is a, um, a piece of machinery which has some serious value in it, no doubt, um, and it's something that 
you should be, as the owner of that, having a registration on the PPSR against so that um, even if um, the gates are locked on a secure on a on a um, building site and you can't get in, um, and liquidators are appointed to the to the builder that controls that site and the owner of the land, then again you've got that claim in writing on on the on the register allows you to get that back rather than going through a potentially six months where that's just locked away and it's all before the courts and Correct. disputes and Correct. in the meantime you don't have the tools of trade to go and earn a dollar. Correct. Correct. Right. Would you have to do do that for every job site you went on to, or, or can you do a master one for any job site? Like, I guess you. you no, would, no. You? So, so you, you can't do a. I mean, in terms of the the excavator and getting back to that concept of, I think I touched on it, serial numbered goods. So, if if you're if you've got multiple excavators or tip trucks or bobcats on different sites, then then you will have a registration to each of that specific piece of machinery that shows, shows yep. that I own it. It's mine, notwithstanding that it's left on someone's job site. Job site. Okay. I'll get it back. It's from a pragmatic perspective, small business owners have to sort of you know, look at and weigh up the time it takes to do a registration to the value of the goods that they're potentially going to be getting back. And it might not be worth it. It's a risk. Um, so builder, um, if he's working on two, or Plumber Bob, if he's working on two building sites at the same time, and on one of them, the head contractor says, can you bring in $100,000 worth of PVC piping for this huge project and we'll pay you in 30 days for it and just leave it on our site, then that's something that you would 100% be saying, well, I'm going to put a um, security registration against it. But if on the second building site, you've got you know a, a bag of tools that are worth hundred bucks and a couple of bits of you know bags of concrete that are worth really nothing yep it's not worth your time you're better off to go and have a beer on a friday night than sit at the, yeah. sit at the computer <laughs> and register the, the PSR. So, so again like all parts of business you just got to work out and do some commerciality about the, the size there's, there's always and, and every business is different and, and that that's something that has to be sort of looked at with, yep. with every registration whether it's worthwhile yeah okay and so that's protecting the business owner um, for keeping what they own. Um, how can you know someone that might be looking to buy an asset protect themselves on the PPSR? Yeah, I think I mean, you touched before on the old the old fashioned revs check when when you used to buy a car, and hopefully that's a, a concept that everyone's familiar with still. The yeah, so you buy a car and you used to ring up revs, revs. which was just hey, does someone have a security over this car typically because there was a loan on the yeah if someone if someone had financed it to buy it and the bank had sort of said you know yeah i've 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 essentially lent joe bloggs the money to buy this car and you can't sell it until joe bloggs pays the money back to me that is what the the ppsr the revs check no longer exists and the ppsr is a platform that you do that and so the example on the car is obviously one of them but if you're in business and you are in, or you, as a matter of course, purchase large amounts of goods from other people, um, it's certainly in your interest to be checking on the PPSR whether those goods are unencumbered. Are unencumbered, correct. Have they been paid for by the person that's selling them to you? Because the risk there is that you buy $100,000 worth of PVC piping from a manufacturer and they deliver them to your site. And all of a sudden, the financier turns up and says, the manufacturer's gone bust. I've got a security interest registered against all these pipes. I'm taking them back. 
and you're probably going to lose that argument, yep. um, you know, 10 times out of 10. So again, any major investment. Correct. Correct. Worth searching the register. Um, and that's just a website you can jump on. How, how would, how would you go and do that? You need to go and see a lawyer or is it? No, you don't, you don't need to see a lawyer. There's some, there's some technical um, aspects. There certainly are to, to succinctly and, you know, using the PPSR as a matter of course in your business. And once you understand those, it's something that most business owners and operators can manage themselves. But there are some fairly critical technical aspects to how you search for um, security interests when you're buying goods and certainly how you register security interests over goods that you are on selling or hiring to a third party. Okay, makes makes sense. Timing, when do you have to sort of do these registrations? When's, I assume the day before um, someone's about to go into liquidation because you get a sense that they're, they're in strife. They're, I suspect the, the lawyers have already killed yeah, that idea. Yeah, yeah, you're too late, unfortunately. Um, you're going to go down in flames and you're going to waste 10 bucks on your registration <laughs> and whatever it costs. Um, it's timing. Timing's critical. It's one of those things that, that you need to be thinking about um, when the transaction is happening um, or... I mean, you might have a five master clients and if you run a, a small business that do 80% of your business with, you could do a registration against all those five people now or five clients, yep. customers now, and they are the type of registration where you, you're not continually updating a registration. It sits there. Any goods that you're providing them on a day-to-day basis on consignment or terms of trade. That's a rolling it, thing. It rolls. It rolls over. So... For lots of business, it might be something that you can cover off the majority of your risk in an afternoon with a couple of registrations. And getting those... But reg- the, and sorry, and the, but the registrations and the timing of them are critical, critical. in terms of yeah, what, you, what you're protecting. Yep. So getting those uh, registrations done, and, and I, I suspect you know having that discussion with your customers at the outset via having quality professional terms of trade... Yep. Um, make that that that's the the key piece of the puzzle yeah um which presumably you know get, let you give yourself a plug here that's that's where <laughs> someone such as yourself um can yeah. help yeah yeah and i mean unfortunately it's still the majority of people that that come to me and ask questions about the PPSR are people that have been alerted to it off the back of i've got a big customer is looking a bit fuzzy and they're about to go down a massive amount of exposure with them what can i do and yep. a lot of the time, it's well, we can you know we can spend a bit of time here and do some things here, but you've missed the boat, and so it's you'd it, acted nine months, twelve months earlier, correct, correct. Um, or at the time of the original correct. transaction, correct. Yep. So you know, I, I guess any time it's a decent chunk of money, yeah. Um, you've just got to. I mentioned before, it's a cheap insurance policy, so it is cheap, and it's it's it's, it's, it's really cheap to 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 register this. The, the security interests on the on the on the PBSR. It, yep. it really is. So great. So all right. Well, thanks for sharing a, a little bit about the PPSR. Obviously, if people want to come and ask some more questions on that. They can they can jump to uh, Aubrey Brown Lawyers website and or jump onto LinkedIn under under Nick Coffle and and you'll come up. But let, let's um let's ask you a little bit about your your career and background. So how long you been lawyer? I've been a lawyer for smidge over 10 years. And what's the main area you work in? So I'm, I'm a 
commercial transactional lawyer. So I do commercial property, that is, you know, selling, buying, leasing commercial premises. Um, and I do banking and finance type work. Which, which the PPSR relates to. Yep. Um, and I do sort of, you know, other general commercial transactions like buying and selling businesses, and, and, you know, business advice and documentation. Sure. And I'm guessing part of the buying and selling businesses, one of the things you'll be looking at is being sold is on the PPSR. Huge, a huge aspect of buying and selling businesses is, yep. you know, are the assets that you're essentially buying that form part of that business do, do they, they belong? Have, do they belong to someone else or do they owe money to someone else? So, yeah, it's it, it's interrelated, absolutely. Right. All right. Um, what's the most rewarding thing about what you do? Um, I get to meet lots of great people in the office and outside the office that, you know, keep me busy and grounded. That's probably it. Mostly it's a means to an end, you know, pays the rent. Pays the rent. <laughs> All right. Now, this is, and I have to ask this question, we are on the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. So um, what are the critical things that you have to focus on to become successful at your... It's It's been um, attention to detail more than anything and something that I'm still learning and still, you know, have to remind myself about. Um, no matter how much experience you've got, stepping back and saying... You know, should I read that again, or, or can I think about that in a different way? I think is 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 really is really sort of critical. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah, legal contracts. Yeah. A word slipped in here or omitted uh, can make all the difference. So Absolutely. Attention to detail. Um, all right. What about some advice though that you've been given with business and finances? What what what's some advice that's really stuck with you that, that you've you've followed or or you are determined to follow? Touching back on that last answer, the, the best advice or the advice certainly that sticks to me is, is was from one of my first bosses who, who said to always think laterally. Um, don't go at a bull at a gate at a, at a problem that you think you have the answer to. Try and be creative about um, problems. Is, is there a better way just because you've been approaching something in a certain way for so long doesn't mean that there's not an alternative out there that, 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 may, that may be a better way to do it. I, I really really like that and um you know there's you know there's a saying um you know you're going to cut down a tree and you've got an axe well spend the first nine hours sharpening the axe and then one hour cutting as opposed to 10 hours cutting it with a blunt right? so <laughs> find the best way yeah, yeah and uh yeah. and and, and yeah. i i it's so so relevant for small business owners out there i don't Stop. always take my own advice oh, but, well, but, that, but, but some but sometimes it's, it's good you know every now and then at least once a week it, it, it hits me like a, a ton of bricks and you sort of say is there another way to do this or is the client's problem is there another way to approach it how how can we do it and that's i think that's as you say relevant for everyone and, and i guess that's also where we uh as accountants or in your case in the in the legal it's where we can add so much value because clients approaching it from one aspect and we we can yeah, um, yeah. give them that that ex other avenue to solve a problem so um yeah I, I i think that thinking laterally is that's that's great and also sharing as part of thinking laterally nothing like just bouncing ideas off a team of a colleague or, or a mentor or something else because no prizes for who gets the who solves the problem you just want to solve the problem right and um yeah you know if you leave your ego at the door then you get the best answer yeah so yeah um, no, I, I love that. I love that approach. All right. What are some of the mistakes you've seen um, businesses make? Like you, you mentioned, sometimes 
people might come in when businesses are like mm. they haven't taken the PPSR as yes. an example, yeah. and, and, yeah. and sometimes it's too late. So, yeah. other examples of um, this, uh, mistakes that you've seen in small business that you know you would like to help people avoid. Well, I think it's just that sort of being reactive to problems, and I mean, I I don't own I don't own a small business. Um, so I, it's it's I get that it's probably easier said than done for us um, sitting here saying you know be proactive in how you do it get your or your legal documentation go and see an accountant and a lawyer before you set everything up so you know your T's are crossed and your eyes are dotted. There I'd imagine for every business there are some core things that if you can get right and set up some simple processes at the start of it that you're all going to be miles better off. Um, and just that, that proactivity at the start. Yeah, and yeah, love it. And and as you touched on, that really links on the whole theme of this podcast as well. Like getting getting absolutely clear on the, the super important. You can't cover off on everything in, in no, life or in small no, business. No. But if, if you cover off and be proactive on the key things that are going to be make a major difference to your business, yep. then the stuff on the fringes you can deal with. Yeah, and there might so, not, and there might be things that you don't think are, are key to your business. But you know, every business has legal problems. Every business wants to focus on what it does to, to be the best at that. And and maybe you know having that shareholders agreement done at the start is is, is, is worth the thousand bucks or you know whatever it worth is. the just, investment yeah, to save a yeah, yeah. uh, hundred times the cost, but also a hundred times the grief and opportunity cost when when things fall over down the track so um, it's not just the financial cost but the the time and the the emotional uh, that's my experience of, of, of seeing small business owners that you know talking about the partnership agreement so um, what bit of tech can't you live without it's the uh, the fetch box that I watch um, English Premier League on uh, the EPL. Um, yes. So what? What's that? Uh, a few mid. Is, what what times the EPL? Oh yeah, there's on? pretty. Uh, occasionally you'll get a nine thirty pm match, um, but that's pretty rare. Pretty Normally rare. they're starting you know twelve thirty, three thirty am. Okay, so um, am. If you're getting any advice from Nick, probably don't get any advice at nine am on a Monday morning because no. he, he might <laughs> he, he might only be on a few hours sleep. But uh, all right. Um, Book or movie that has influenced you uh, professionally or personally, and why? Um, so the movies, and it's this, there's a book as well, No Country for Old Men, um, hasn't influenced me professionally because I'm not a hitman, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> um, but in terms of personally, I think it's it's um, it's a great movie, and it just it grounds me in it. Um, yeah, cinematically fantastic, yeah. love it. All right. Um, now, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself from 20 years ago? Um, probably don't surf as much um, <laughs> and do some do some study um, and probably, look, take more risks. I think I'm, I'm someone, and, and maybe that was, was instilled in me at law school and, and being in the profession that I'm in, um, generally cautious. I think I'd, I'd tell myself to roll the dice a bit more and take a few more professional risks. Roll the dice, step out of the comfort zone. And, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and see where it takes you. Absolutely. My wife's, my wife's better at that than me. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning and I, it's one of those things I'm saying I'm, I want to do it more. So. She's good at taking risks. Well, that is a very smart answer to give your wife a compliment on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so um, 
There is no risk in doing that at no, all. No. Uh, look, uh, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast, Nick. Uh, a lot of value there. Uh, just remind everyone how they can find you. Uh, so Aubrey Brown, A-U-B-R-E-Y-B-R-O-W-N website. Google that, will come up. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, look me up. And if people want to just a, a quick chat around how yeah. this might apply, um, they can have a chat with you. Pick and up then... the phone, absolutely. I'm always happy to have a chat and where if, you're at. Yep. Yeah, and if I can add some value, by all means, hopefully I can. Happy days. All right. Well, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. Brilliant. Thanks for having me on. Well, there you have it. That was Nick Coffell from Aubrey Brown Lawyers talking about all things PPSR, which is a really important tool when it comes to, um, you know, uh, asset protection. So, look, a couple of the takeaways there. Um, be proactive. Get advice up front when a transaction is taking place or, or do the searches um, when a transaction is taking place after the event uh, is often too late. So be proactive. Um, great advice, not just on PPSR, but for, for all things business. Um, Secondly, you know, taking this, be commercial. Be commercial with um, your choice about doing your registrations. You know, if we're protecting significant chunks of money, um, then the, the, the nominal cost of, of, of the lodgements on the PPSR and any advice around that is going to be absolutely a cheap insurance policy. So if it helps protect your assets, when, when the proverbial hits the fan, you won't be regretting it. So big chunks of money uh, on purchases or, or plant and equipment or, or anything that's of value, then you've, you've got to do what you can to protect it because um, you want to be at the front of the queue if things go wrong. No one ever plans for failure, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, at least uh, take the appropriate safety steps to protect yourself. Now, one of the things that I really love from Nick um, so relevant for small business owners in whatever business you're in, not charge into a problem and think laterally. Um, too often, people can just charge out and, you know, do it the way that it's always been done. But, you know, taking the time at the beginning of the task or project to work out what is the best way, that is going to be so valuable when it comes to, you know, is there, you know, a, a more efficient way, is there a cheaper way, can we get a better result, a better output? Um, better outcome, whatever way. And that's where, uh, touched on it in the interview with Nick, hopefully that's where we can add a lot of value as, as, you know, speaking to your accountant or speaking to a lawyer. That's where, you know, they can offer a perspective on how to deal with a situation or a problem that perhaps you've never thought of. So um, that's a thinking laterally, really valuable. So look, that, that was today's podcast. Um, it's Getting paid is absolutely... Uh, critical if you know we don't get paid the job's not done as, as, as my old boss used to say so you know take the steps you need to to protect yourself and and you know give yourself the best chance of success so I uh, look forward to having you again on the podcast at the next episode bye for now